Welcome to Clearview Community Church. My name's Clayton, and I'm one of the pastors here. It really is an honor to speak with you. If you have a piece of paper or maybe your phone nearby, you can open up the Notes app. If not, just use your imagination for a moment. If you're watching online, you could use the chat on Facebook or YouTube. I want to try an exercise. It's a fill-in-the-blank question that maybe will yield some interesting results. So here it is. Complete this sentence. Jesus is blank. Fill in the blank. To be honest, if I write it, my answers change weekly, if not daily. First couple words that come to mind are, are faithful and true, but maybe your answer is different. It could be kind or gracious. Maybe it could be friend or maybe you have a different take and the words in this blank spot could be ancient or judgmental or myth. Um, it's a simple exercise because, to be honest, we've all got an idea in our heads of who Jesus is. Whether we realize it or not, we have some conclusions formed about him. So I'm speaking to you today in the middle of a series of conversations about Jesus titled Investigating Jesus. In it, we're exploring the book of Luke in the New Testament of your Bibles. So previously in Luke's account of Jesus, he tells a few stories. He tells the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth and their son who is soon to be born. He tells the story of Mary and Joseph and their expectation of Jesus. And these two stories, they collide and they separate at different points as Luke weaves the story together. And we get another story of, of shepherds minding their business and they're visited by an angel with the message of the arrival of baby Jesus and what this means to the world and how it's going to change everything. Throughout this story, which we pick up and continue today, Luke reports details about this child named Jesus and what people say about him. Throughout the beginning of the book of Luke, we get a narrative reporting kind of story. Uh, it tells, uh, uh, tells us what's happening and gives us deeper understanding and gives us deeper clarity about who is happening, Jesus, and who he is and why it's so important. So let's take a look. Uh, in Luke chapter 1, an angel approaches Mary and says that her yet-to-be-born child will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. It says the Lord will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And so then later in this story, in, in Luke, Zechariah, he prophesies and describes the soon-to-be-born Jesus as the horn of salvation or the announcement of a strong Savior. And now, last conversation, we covered a section of scripture where the angels visit the shepherds and they're told, they tell the shepherds that Jesus is a really big deal. They say, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. And I hope you see the threefold claim there that he is savior, meaning the one to deliver people from danger. He is the Messiah, meaning that he is the chosen anointed one. And he's the Lord, the Adonai Lord, the one who has the authority to do the delivering and the power to make it happen. So all of these statements, they begin to paint a picture of the Jesus that Luke finds when he interviews the eyewitnesses of Jesus. So that's what Luke did while he was compiling this biography of Jesus. He went to the eyewitnesses and he sifted through the other biographies that existed at the time. He went and he heard about this Jesus and then he wrote it all down. 
Luke paints a picture of Jesus early in this biography. And if we collect the statements within the first few pages of Luke, we see that Jesus is great, the Son of God. He will rule in Israel, has an unending kingdom. He's a strong Savior. He is a deliverer. He is chosen for this job. He has the authority and the power to do it all. It's an incredible and powerful picture of a person, especially one who at this point in the story is at most a few weeks old. So today what we do is we're going to continue the journey through Luke. We're looking at Luke chapter 2 verses 22 to 39 today. And keep your eyes and your ears open for any more statements about this young child. So the verse says, When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah, the Chosen One. Now moving by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him into his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. And there was a prophet named Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. And coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, And the child grew and he became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. What we have here are are three sets of characters, the couple, Mary and Joseph, and Simeon and Anna, and each have their own story. Mary and Joseph, they're going to fulfill their duties as Israelites and make sacrifices at the temple in honoring God and for blessing them with their firstborn son. Now, there's a significant theme that runs through this passage of Scripture and the early portion of Luke in that Mary and Joseph were both committed and obedient to following the law of the Lord, living in complete obedience to God. So Jesus is circumcised according to the Israelite law and their tradition, and Mary and Joseph make offerings to God. The firstborn son of an Israelite family was presented to the Lord. Offerings were made on behalf of that. 
The common sacrifice here would be a lamb, but if that was too expensive for a family, then provision was made to offer doves or pigeons. And so the fact that Mary and Joseph offered these birds instead of a lamb, it would indicate that they're not really a rich family, but rather in poorer circumstances. The picture of Mary and Joseph here is really, really clear. It's a young couple who desire to follow the Lord with their whole lives, to commit themselves and their child to the kingdom of God and to live with faith-filled integrity. And then we're introduced to a man named Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He's a good man, full of faith, upright in moral character, steadfast in religious devotion. And Luke tells us in verse 25 that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. He knew the Lord closely. He heard from the Lord and spoke to him too. Verse 26 tells us that it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And that he went to the temple that day because he was moved by the Spirit. This man knew God. He knew his voice. He knew obedience and faithfulness and patience in his own personal life and in his hopes and his dreams for what God was doing. And then lastly, we have Anna. She's a reliable spokesperson to the lives of Mary and Joseph and the people around, and also to the people who hear and read the book of Luke. There may be a possibility that those who are reading or hearing the biography that Luke writes had either seen or heard of this Anna lady. She was old. She was a widow. But verse 37 tells us she never even left the temple. She worshiped day and night, fasting and praying. And maybe you know somebody like that, where they live their life with such godly purpose, with fasting and prayer and worship day and night. Their lives are devoted to knowing the Lord and making him known. They walk with this kind of grace that is rare and precious. This is Anna. So in this story, maybe you heard them, but there are a few statements made about this child. He's presented as the long-awaited Christ who would bring about the fulfillment of Israel's dreams. Presented as the consolation, the salvation, the glory of Israel, and the redemption of Israel. So let's look at these briefly together. Simeon had been shown somehow by God that he would not die before he had seen or laid eyes on the Lord's Messiah. Now, Messiah, it's a Hebrew word for anointed or chosen. And the Greek translation is the word Christos. It's where we get the title Christ for Jesus. You see, Christ isn't the family name for Jesus. It's his title. It's Jesus the Christ. It's Jesus the chosen one, Jesus the Savior. Jesus, the one who brings people from rebellion to repentance, from lostness to being found. Simeon knows that he will see the Lord's Messiah. And so when he holds the child in his arms, he praises God saying, as you have promised, you may dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon has this insight that the child he holds is the long awaited Christ, the savior. He's the one who will deliver his people. This baby will be the one who is savior and deliverer. The passage also notes that Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. What does it mean for Jesus to be the consolation of Israel? It's a title bestowed on the event and the person that Simeon is waiting for. But it's not one that we necessarily talk about often. Consolation in this case, it's to be supported or encouraged or to be walked with through difficult times. It's the same word actually in Greek that we get 
when the Spirit of God is described as the comforter or the advocate or the helper in John chapter 14. The picture that we get here is that Jesus is the consolation, the comforter, the advocate of Israel, the one who will bring comfort to a people in desperate need of a helper. This baby is the helper, the comforter, and the consoler to the people. And Simeon continues and he tells Mary and Joseph in verse 32 that Jesus will be a light uh, for the revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of the people of Israel. The salvation that Jesus brings, it's a light that gives revelation to people. It helps people see and understand and approach God. And the glory of God is shown through him, shown through his life and through his actions. This baby is the one who brings light to the darkness. Then lastly, Jesus is the redemption. Anna approaches the family and in verse 38, it says she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who are looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna sees that there are people who are looking forward to the redemption and she speaks to these people and guides their anticipation, their hope, their desire for redemption to the child. It's an incredible scene. She stands in front of them she notes their hope for redemption, and she points them to this baby. The baby is the one who will bring the redemption. So what we have before us is a story. It's a story of a young couple, confident and consistent in living with integrity, Mary and Joseph trying to do things right. And it's of two older members of the faith, Anna and Simeon, both anticipating the arrival of the Savior and pointing people towards him now that he is here. And through the course of the story, we saw that Jesus was great. He was the son of God. He will rule in Israel. He is an, un, an enduring, unending ruler. He's the strong savior. He's the deliverer. He is chosen for this job. He has authority and power for all of this. And then with the interactions we have with Mary, Joseph, Jesus, Anna, and Simeon, we add to that list that he is the long-awaited Christ, long-awaited Savior, the consolation of Israel, the glory of Israel, the redemption of Israel. What we are presented with here is a picture of who Luke believes that Jesus is, according to eyewitnesses. Luke's goal here is to present a carefully investigated account of what has happened from eyewitnesses and servants of the word. So he builds this picture of who Jesus is, builds a picture of what his role is. All this information comes from the first 50 days of this child's life. Savior, deliverer, comforter, and on and on it goes. So the question that we are presented with is who is Jesus to you? Let's go back to the fill in the blank. Jesus is blank. Is he a good teacher, a fictional character that had some good teachings ascribed to him? Is he part God, part man, and some form of demigod? What about if he was actually a historical man, but legend got a hold of his life? What do we think about him as exaggerated or true? Or maybe Jesus is to you who he says that he is, who the witnesses said that he is, that he is Lord, that Jesus is the son of God, that Jesus is the hope of not just Israel, but humanity. If I get your permission to be blunt or bold, I'm convinced that the Jesus that we read about was a historical person. The evidence within and outside of the Bible confirms that. And I'm convinced that what we are presented with in the Bible is a strong representation of who 
Jesus is. I'm also convinced that this Jesus of Nazareth is worth following with my whole life. Let me read you a, a passage of scripture here from Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 that describes what I believe to be true. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Today, I'm presenting you what the Bible presents about Jesus. And I'm challenging you. Jesus is offered to you today as Savior, Lord, Redeemer, Comforter, and more. He's so much more than we often see him and receive him as, and Jesus can absolutely and totally change your life. All he asks for is a willing and a humble heart. Let's pray together. God, today I bring you my heart, sometimes troubled, sometimes weary, sometimes confused, and I bring it to you because in Jesus, I am given a comforter, a savior, a redeemer, and a friend. For those today who hear these words, Lord, my request is that you transform hearts from the inside out. You would show people who you are, that you are trustworthy, you are gracious, you are compassionate, you are faithful, and you are good. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Jesus is fill in the blank.